Hooley. On the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. If this is a tiebreaker for me, I'm going with the other guy. Yeah. Because it's the other thing it tells me is that this guy's not going to be Chris Spielman and play all season with right. a torn peck. Yeah, no. He's well, not going to play with a torn peck. Uh, he can get out there. He's not as good as he, you know, once was, but he's as good once as he ever was. Shout out to Toby Keith. Uh, what are you What are you saying about me? I oh, played really well. No, with no, no, no. I'm partially just, torn peck. You, you took umbrage right away to that. I didn't mean it as a shot at you. I'm not. Uh, I played like a two-time state champion <laughs> that you are. I meant that uh, Micah Parsons doesn't have the uh, sacrifice at all for the team attitude, and he's not That's alone. True. He's not alone in the Big Ten. As uh, the Big Ten did Ohio State a huge solid by uh, allowing the Buckeyes not to play Minnesota or Wisconsin in the additional game from the West, they gave them Purdue and wait, it gets better, Purdue without Rondale Moore. As yeah. he's joined Rashad Bateman of Minnesota and Micah Parsons of Penn State in opting out. No Rondale Moore when Ohio State plays Purdue. Have any uh, Ohio State players opted out? No. Any Michigan players opted out? No. Just uh, you, you you made an interesting point off the air here before we, right before we came on. It, mm-hmm. Is that a statement on the program itself? Yes, it is. It's a statement on the culture. Mm-hmm. It's a statement on the culture of the program. It really is to me. It's like, I mean, I, I, I don't blame the coach. I don't blame the coach either. I just, just mean it's it's a statement about the mindset of the guys in the program and their sense of responsibility to each other. I would say that it's more of a statement about the mindset of uh, today's athlete. And I, I'm not necessarily blaming Micah Parsons or Rondell Moore for opting out. Um, I wouldn't do it, but... Those guys know that they're potentially high first-round draft choices. I don't know if Rondale Moore is a first-round draft choice. Maybe he is. I don't know what he's going to run. If he runs four fours, uh, he's pretty explosive kid. But he's yeah. so he's small, isn't he? Isn't he? Very small. That, I mean, so I I don't. Did he give a reason? I didn't read the. Uh, I just reason. know he's opted out. He's getting ready for the draft. All right, getting ready for the draft, and and so that's again an unforeseen consequence if you look at it as a consequence it's a consequence for james franklin it's it's a uh conf, conf, uh consequence for jeff brom the quarterback or coach at purdue yeah. these are all consequences that you have to live with and you have to learn to adjust and adapt i mean i was watching uh uh something on uh, netflix about the uh, history of the marine corps mm, you know cool. imp- improvise and adapt i mean that's what they have to do and that's improvise they, adapt and overcome that well that's from heartbreak ridge with clint eastwood but mm-hmm. uh, they didn't have the overcome part it was just every situation you need to improvise and adapt to it and i think coaches have to run their programs like that especially you wouldn't you know you wouldn't think that at penn state but yeah uh it's just it's just interesting to me um that the mentality of a lot of these guys, which is fine. I, I mean, my mentality was I wanted to be an NFL player, but being an NFL player trumps everything else. And that's what they want to do. And if there's any risk involved beyond risk of playing on the field, they're, and they have an out, they're going to take an out to protect themselves as much as possible. And, you know, that's that's what they've decided to do. So... I, I think it's uh I think the more we keep learning, um I think to me, the more we keep learning about COVID, there's less risk for these guys to play. 
And I, I mean, it, it, this this dance continues, and it's just I, I don't know what what we're making decisions off of. I, I just I don't understand. But hey, you know, do what you have to do. Uh, it is a Friday edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. We will get to our COVID nineteen relief drawing momentarily. There's a lot that you covered there that I want to unpack. Uh, we want to welcome everyone. We appreciate you joining us. We're excited about, I and mean, we're always excited about our faith portion of our podcast, but we're both excited about today's faith portion of the podcast because uh, I shared with Chris something that I first saw yesterday when a friend of mine in Texas, remember Scott from the first cruise? Um, yeah. Uh, Scott put it on Twitter, and then a friend last night sent it to me again, and I took the time to read it um, last night, and I sent it to you, and uh, we both agreed it would make a great uh, well, jumping off point for it, our faith con- yeah. conversation today at the end of the podcast. It struck me personally because it, uh, I am guilty of what that says. Uh, I am too. Yeah. Am well, too. I think we're guilty in different, different parts. Oh, we're, we're going to leave some yeah. time to get, to get into that. So we're looking forward to that at the end of the podcast today. First, as it concerns the players opting out, mm-hmm. um, Rondell Moore's quote was, uh, we are in, quote, unprecedented circumstances we are living in. The guys <laughs> opting out. It's not unprecedented. You covered the other day NFL players who are, in your opinion, some without kids at risk or families at risk. The money. Some of them are like, hey, you know, I'm on the borderline of getting cut, not yeah. getting cut. I'm going to take, I got an opportunity to opt out and I can guarantee myself 150 grand. Yeah. And, and knowing that even on paper, I just want to make this point clear before you continue, because on paper, they're supposed to pay that back the following year. Yeah. And the NFL is not going to chase a guy for $150,000. No, it's not worth it. Not worth it. No, it costs them more in legal fees to chase them than exactly. let them have it. So... That is a leveraging of an opportunity that you can take advantage of portraying it as one thing, but really in your heart of hearts, it's something else. Absolutely. 100% correct. And I'm saying, in my opinion, Micah Parsons, Rondell Moore, and Rashad Bateman are doing the exact same thing, leveraging covid and the threat of, oh, I might get sick, as a reason to, I'm going to say it, quit on their teammates and on their coaches and opt out to prioritize their personal agenda over the team's agenda. How many coaches would say that, Bruce? None of them. In their heart of hearts. In their heart of hearts, 100%. (laughs) hundred percent. I know. (laughs) Publicly, 0% because you'd get crushed in recruiting for it. See, this guy doesn't care about your NFL future. You're just, you're an indentured servant. You know, Sean Wade and Justin Fields have both said they've not even considered opting out. And I believe, I don't know that that's true. Like, I mean, are you really considering it if somebody goes, hey, you know, you can opt out. Um, Yeah, but no thanks. I mean, did you consider it? Like for a half a second, maybe? Maybe they considered it for a whole day. I find it unrealistic that Sean Wade hasn't considered at least a bit opting out when his father's already said if they move it to spring, he's, quote, out of here, baby. But the fact is, neither one of those guys is walking out on their Ohio State Buckeye teammates like Rondale Moore and Micah Parsons. What did what did Jeff Brom spend all offseason and spring doing? Finding ways to get Rondale Moore the ball. Correct. <laughs> what did Penn State's defensive coordinator spend all off season and spring doing 
when he plotted defensive schemes. Finding ways to stop Rondale Moore. Or finding ways to, to free up Micah Parsons. Yeah. Or, or, you're building yeah, uh, your defense uh, right, right. around Micah Parsons. At Minnesota, you're figuring out ways to either use Rashad Bateman as a decoy right. for Tanner Morgan, or how are we going to beat double coverage that uh, uh, Rashad Bateman's going to get now that Tyler Johnson's not here right. anymore. So all that strategizing is gone out the window for their coaches a month, less than a month, before they start the season. That's why coaches have to treat it as an injury. That's what you have to do. And yeah, but the, I'm the, saying they quit on yeah. their teams. They made, yeah, they made a decision for themselves as opposed to for their teams. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if quit on them, but I, I think everybody, because if you would ask the players, I bet you if you did a poll of Penn State players, the mindset today is, hey, he's got to get his. That's just the, the mindset. Micah Parsons has a chance to be a number one trap pick, and if I were in that situation, I'd have to think about, I'm, I'm talking of as a player right now, I would have to think, uh, is that something that I would do? But co- you're exactly right in that COVID gives them a convenient way yeah. out. It gives them a convenient answer out where they won't, won't be vilified for making that decision to step away from their team. And, you know, that's that's now we have to be perfectly clear on this. For those that, and you were perfectly clear, that those of you, if there's not issues um, above and beyond at home or anything like that, then, you know, like for NFL players, uh, like we talked about Nate Solder, who's a cancer survivor, who is a kid with a compromised immune system. We talked about Michael Pierce with the Minnesota Vikings, who has battled asthma his whole, whole life, right? All those things. So I get the guys that have certain concerns. Um, but for these guys, it's 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 so easy to read. And again, it's all about being honest. I, I, I w- it would be nice if somebody said, "Hey, uh, we're on, not we're on, we're not in unprecedented times. 1917, 1918. Yeah. People were wearing masks, and whatever swine flu or whatever flu was Spanish flu or whatever flu was going around then." It was happening, so it's not unprecedented times. You know, we're we're reacting uh, with overreacting, in my opinion. Uh, again, a study came out today from the uh, American Pediatrics that it's hard for kids to pass it to adults. So it's just like teachers who choose to opt out. You know, they're they're choosing the same thing. They're leveraging now, an opportunity. Yeah, they're leveraging an opportunity to avoid a responsibility. Now, if there's if they're taking care of their mother who has cancer at yeah. home and they're doing both, then I get it, right? right. I, absolutely. But if there's no uh, extenuating circumstances at home, they're doing the same thing. Yeah. The ones that are writing their obituaries. Look, two things can be true at once, and it can be true that you know it makes sense for Micah Parsons, Rondell Moore, and Rashad Bateman. Just say it. To do it, but just say why. Don't don't lose it. Because here's my here's my honest view of this. For an elite athlete in 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 elite physical condition, with the data about young people in COVID, and with the way um, arduous efforts being made to monitor student athletes' health and everything right now at a level above what it's ever been in college sports, I will argue that there has never been a more safe time to be a college athlete than right now. COVID's out there, but it's 
It's the data says it's not a danger to young people. And I'm telling you this, in previous years covering Ohio State football, going back to the late 1980s, there's never been a time where they took everybody's temperature walking into the facility, gave them clothes to wear, gave them food to eat, and all this kind of stuff. So they made sure they got no cooties from anywhere and isolated them. There has never been a time that Ohio State or any other Division One football program has taken the efforts to keep their players healthy like they're doing at this moment. Exactly. And, you know, you ha- you do have your outliers where somebody can be get really, really sick. We all know that. But overall, the overwhelming data is they'll be fine. Right. And by they'll the way, on, on this stuff about, like, long-term lung damage and <laughs> long-term heart damage, stop right there after the adjective. Can anything be proven long-term no. when this has been here since March? Yeah. Long-term? Like, well, it's been here like since a lot of respiratory December, infections but... have lingering effects months later. It's way too early for anything to be proven long term. That's not Bruce Hooley, the doctor talking. That's a doctor talking to Bruce Hooley. Correct? Correct. He so, laughed at that. I'm like, uh, long term? He's like, long term? It's been here since March. <laughs> like, long term? There's no long term. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's, you know, if it, I really think, you know, if it wasn't an election year, we, we wouldn't be doing half the stuff that we're doing. Correct. All right. So, speaking of uh, politics, yes. Mike, Mike DeWine, Honorable Mike DeWine, Governor of the State of Ohio. Yesterday, news came out that Mike DeWine had tested positive for COVID. Nobody wants to see that. Neither of us want to see that. Then, last night, comes news that Mike DeWine has now taken two different tests, which mm. I guess are more precise it's a different kind of test, and he's tested negative twice. So his positive test kept him from, is the president in Cleveland today, or was he there yesterday? yesterday. I didn't follow the president's schedule. Uh, but at any rate, Mr. DeWine could not accompany President Trump to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's quarantining. But the latest news report that I read, if he takes another test, another, like, you know, this, this more detailed test, Mm-hmm. more uh, accurate, reflective of actually whether you have COVID or not test, and he tests negative, then he's he's in the clear. So it just it, it proves the point, and I'm expecting him to say this. Ha <laughs> You are. Good for you. Don't hold your breath for it. <laughs> it proves the point that uh, number of tests mean nothing, and shutdowns and all that crap that is going down and not letting kids play or go back to school – Based off number of tests, is it is it's insane. So we it's give insane. Dewine. We give the kids if they get a test, they're getting the test Dewine got that gave him a false positive. Rapid. They're test. not getting the more accurate, like detailed tests. They're not. No. So we're giving them the, you know, let's say the le- the least accurate test, but it's a test nonetheless. I just look at this and I go, if the governor of the state of Ohio who's masked up everywhere, presumably, because he's Mr. Mask, and who's quarantined and has been vigilant in his right. care. He can't win in this argument. There's no win. Mask, either masks don't work or yeah, the testing is flawed. Yeah, he got it, and he's wearing a mask, or... Testing's flawed. Testing's flawed. There's no win so for there's him. There's no win for him in this, and heaven... I mean, please, heaven help the people questioning him today. Give, give Jack Windsor a wingman or something, will you? Because there's no way DeWine could can, can avoid admitting 
yeah, this is an inexact thing. And I mean, I tested positive and I'm like, I'm like in a bubble and then I test negative and I I can see where it's kind of pointless for us to like, yeah, that's what he's going to say our today. day based up. No, he's not. <laughs> that's what, what's he, he's this is dangerous. He's going to double down. It can get me. It can get you. <laughs> the monsters that's, lurking. Which do you think he's going to say? Uh, interesting uh, news and notes about false positives. A very prominent Ohio State football player tested uh, positive, false positive, of course, and uh, ended up taking a test three days later. Two tests actually were negative on both, so they had to shut that down for a while because of this player that had a false positive. Very prominent. Like if we knew his name, we'd go, "Oh my yeah, gosh, what you, if he's not available?" Yeah, and uh, Matthew Stafford, as his wife Kelly so nicely pointed out on Instagram, Kelly seems to be Matthew's spokesperson, which is fine. Uh, was talking about how he had a false positive. They put it out there in the public, talked about how her family, she couldn't go to the grocery store. Everybody was shunned. They, were, they weren't allowed to go anywhere based off false positives. So you're, you're throwing, um, you're interrupting people's lives, taking away their choices. You're basically isolating them in their house uh, when they're asymptomatic. Uh, that, that's to me, it, it just even reaffirms in my mind, if you're asymptomatic, why in the world, would you get a test? Why? I don't know. My Why? wife asked me, I said the other day, I said, I'm kind of tired. Maybe I should get a test. And she's like, do you really want to get a test? I'm like, no, I don't. I don't want to have like this scarlet letter on my forehead. That's what, uh, yeah. I mean, no chance. But it's not even that. It's even like Macy's had to stay home for an extra week because an asymptomatic girl has had a positive Yes, I don't even know if it's a girl with no symptoms. But yeah, that but, girl can go back to BG. But Macy she can't. can go back after 10. Mace has to wait 14. <laughs> Ridiculous. I mean, and, and, you know, and this is not downplaying the seriousness no. with it. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm tired of prefacing We should that make way. a rule here. We're not going to do any of these ridiculous qualifiers on our podcast. All right. That's but, true. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. You're right. Because when, if somebody points out, well, this, this, this. Oh, it's really dangerous. Says, yes, we yeah, know. We all, we all get it. And that's why, you know, we say treat it with respect, all that. So that's the last time, but you're interrupting and disrupting, uh, and scaring people without data, without following the data. Yep. And I, I, my suggestion for Governor DeWine would be, okay, share the, the negative stuff out there, like the nursing homes and how dangerous it is to the elderly and how you know, we shouldn't send elder, or elderly people back into the home after they test positive. But share the good news out there that the R not number, whatever that is, the R mm-hmm. number is down under one, under one, which for when back when I was watching the pro- propaganda, I mean, the press conference, back- Freudian slip, <laughs> <laughs> propaganda, remember it was three to one, like everybody, oh, you're going to infect three people. Yeah. Now it's less than one. It's less than one. And uh, you know, that, that was the goal. Well, the goal seems to have changed. And so it reaffirms and confirms to me that the reason for the Ohio Health Departments or whoever's doing all these lockdowns and limiting kids to sports, it's all about law. 
It's all about afraid avoidance of, being of lawsuits. Yeah, sued. It's also flexing of power I've never known I really could wield before. There's a little bit of that. Yeah. Uh, while Mr. Spielman pulls our four winners in COVID nineteen relief, and why have you not nominated someone? You should SpielmanHooliPodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, allow me to remind you that Sunday you can watch Chris on YouTube uh, on the Legends of Ohio State Football Ice Bucket Challenge. Uh, it happens on YouTube. It's a great way to raise money for ALS research. Uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. You all know about William White's courageous battle against ALS. Uh, Coach Tressel, Coach Urban Meyer, John Cooper, uh, all there. Uh, Greg Lashutka, former mayor of Columbus, former Buckeye, representing the late Earl Bruce, the late Woody Hayes, and Spiels is emceeing it. I thought this might raise an amazing amount of money if Michigan fans, and there are some Michigan fans in Central Ohio. I know several Michigan fans. I played golf with one the other day. There's a guy in the Blue Jackets front office who's a graduate of Michigan. There are Michigan fans uh, in and around Ohio. Imagine how much a Michigan fan would donate to see the two men who killed the Michigan-Ohio <laughs> State rivalry take a bucket of ice water yeah. on the head. Good. I hope I they I mean, Jim Tressel and Urban Meyer, Michigan fan, you got to take your revenge how you can. And that, to me, is about the only way right in front of you now because, hey, speaking of Michigan-Ohio State, we have, <laughs> we have news on that front yeah. with Urban Meyer and Ryan Day. But there you go. Go to... Uh, I just go to YouTube and search uh, ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, Ohio State Football Ice Bucket Challenge. Uh, the website, this is actually easy to remember, bit.ly. Bit.ly is a shortened URL thing that a lot of people are familiar with, bit.ly. Bit.ly backslash OSU Ice Bucket Challenge. To donate, Check it out. To donate and create a world without ALS. Uh, our sponsors include Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys, in Hilliard, Truman Boulevard, uh, Stan, Kelly, all the great people at Willis Spangler Starling can navigate you through whatever situation. Uh, right now, it could be some kind of employment issue with uh, COVID. It could be some kind of prohibition related to COVID. It could be your rights uh, in the U.S. Constitution. Man. Or you can have other things, you know, workers' compensation issues come up, personal injury issues come up. All kinds of things. Wills estate planning. If you got that buttoned up, if you're successful, even if you're not, you don't want anything to happen after you are unexpectedly gone that you have not planned for. Willis Spangler Starling can help you with all of those things. They are a full-service law firm, Truman Boulevard in Hilliard, beautiful location, easy to get to, and you can find them on the web, willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. Uh, speaking of emails, how you nominate people for COVID-19 relief, I wanted to share an email with you, Mr. Spielman. Oh, I hope, we got an I email. Hope, I hope this, we have many emails, but okay. I thought this one will be one that you, I wanted to see your reaction um, cold to this email. It is from Minneapolis, but it's not from your brother Rick. No. Or your, or your lovely mother. Uh, I will give you the name later. Fellas, I'm an Ohio native currently living in the Twin Cities. I recently found your podcast on iHeartRadio. I'm like-minded. I share your faith in Christ and agree with your values. It's easy for me to enjoy your show, and I do so often. I want to thank you for what you're doing. It helps keep the madness of this world in perspective and lets me know I'm not alone. Chris, I had the privilege of knowing you and your family in Canton. Wow. And playing football for your father his last season at Timken. I have so many great memories, a few scars and a deviated <laughs> septum as well. <laughs> of playing Sandlot football with you and your brother in Monument Park. Yeah, that was me. We lost touch after you That's moved McKinley to Maslin. That's McKinley Monument for William McKinley down in Canton. Yeah, he says, we lost touch after you moved to Maslin, but it's amazing to me how little you've changed since those days. <laughs> That's not true. He's changed a lot. Well. Uh, in many ways. Uh, and in some ways he has not. 
Uh, your intensity and passion still come through loud and clear. Stay strong and keep up the good work. God bless. Now we'll see if you remember Jeff McHenry. Sure do. Jeff McHenry from Minneapolis. Yeah, Jeff McHenry and his brother Mark McHenry and his dad Jack McHenry and his mom, I think, was Jan McHenry. Wow, you they do lived have a good in a memory. white house off of Monument Road in uh, 10th Street. I was on 11th, and so he was my brother's age. Uh, his uh, brother was my age, or you're younger than me. Mm-hmm. We used to do two on two. Uh, in the park by the railroad tracks. The railroad tracks, this is, I mean, this is the beauty of growing up when we grew up. Mm-hmm. The railroad tracks were out of bounds. Okay. So the stones and the tracks. So you dive. And, and Monument Road. Ooh. Was which, the other? Was the other out of bounds. <laughs> no wonder poor Jeff McHenry has and a the, deviated and septum. The, and Jeff will remember this. And the... <laughs> And the field was really small with sewer drains as the touchdowns. That, I'm completely serious. I'm gonna, I next time I'm a kid, I'm going to take a picture of I that field. It. And it wasn't it. even a field. It was probably 10 yards wide. It was a strip. Wow. So, well, and, that uh, explains Jeff's lingering Jeff injuries. Was a smaller, Jeff was a smaller games. guy, but a really tough guy and an all-out effort guy. And cool. that's, uh, of course, I, I remember all those guys. And uh, it's funny that when I see uh, guys that I grew up with, not this is before I moved to Maslin. Jeff and I were, were Canton guys, and he did play for my dad at Timken. Um, that they they're like surprised that I remember them. You know, um, the guy um, I went to when I, my dad's funeral. There was a, one of his former players came up to me, and he's walking up, and he looks at me. And these guys, like when I was little, they used to, you know, beat the crap sure, out of, of course. me, throw stuff at yeah, me. Yeah, of course. Now, you know, because I, I don't know, I grew up into a man or whatever, and they they showed me a lot of respect, obviously, because it was my mm-hmm. dad's funeral, you know. And this guy goes, Chris, I, I know you don't remember me. And before don't remember me got out of his mouth, I said, what are you talking about, Mickey Maley, number 20, started at safety your junior and senior year? Wow. What, do you, what do you mean? Also backup running back that you get against Marlington Dukes, you had 104 yards. You mean that guy that I don't remember? And this guy, you should have seen the smile on his face. I bet. You know? Bet. And so it's it's amazing. I, I really was thinking about this. I'm not a – I mean, I, I know little things, but I'm, I don't know. I know a little bit about everything but I really do consider myself a savant when it comes to like anything related to football. Mm-hmm. I really do. Just oh, you from do. You from, are. from numbers to players to teams. You see the game in a different way. To nicknames. I, many yeah. people do. And so I, I really have this uh, photographic memory. That's why I think, and I'm not saying that in a, a braggadocious no. manner. I'm just saying this is one of the gifts that I had. I mean, going back with my experiences with my father and i remember when i was in second grade they were having uh, they were having two-day practices and in between those practices they'd have meetings for position groups offense was in the morning defense was in the afternoon i remember sitting there with coach bernie hall who was coaching the linebackers my dad grabbed me by the scruff of my neck yes he did he walked me over sat me down in the front row and said this is what you're going to be just watch what he talks Linebacker. about yeah. and i was able to conceptually, at eight years old, understand 
what he was saying about gap control, what he was saying about pass coverages, and I could get up there and mimic it on the board of where every position was supposed to be. And it's just that was just why I think one of the reasons for whatever limited ability I did have, I was able to make up with the mental ability that I had because it helped me play at a faster speed than I was given uh, uh, physically by God, but my mental capacity allowed me to play way faster than I ever was. I remember that story from when we did uh, the book about uh, you and Steph and her battle. That's and why I'm here. Available at BruceHooley.com? That's why I'm here. It's available at Amazon.com. And that was just a really insightful part, and you also talk about how you studied film in the NFL and how often in games things would happen as you'd envision them through the week. So I kick myself in the rear end. I don't know how many times you do this. But, you know, they have those uh, simulators now. Where mm-hmm. You ever see that? Yeah, those uh, virtual reality yeah. or, yeah. So I remember back in 1990, probably 1990 where I started doing this, where I would clear out a room, mm-hmm. get a get it on a big screen, widen up the focus, and then I was able to and get an end zone copy. And I was able to picture myself in that screen. So I'd play the game five times before we'd play the Cowboys. You'd move and yeah, line I, I up. Yeah, I would do and, everything. Yeah. It's like you're in the game that's on the screen in front then of you. Then I started getting other people that I had to communicate meet me in those films. And this was all above and beyond mm-hmm. uh, the co- – Whatever I was normal asked to team do. Meetings. So, I mean, yeah. what, and you know what? Like, I re, it, it didn't mean I didn't work any harder. Or I didn't respect guys that didn't because I there was a guy that I played with that was a very good player. As soon as it was time to go, he he would say, "Work over, I'm out." I mean, he would be first one out the door. That but had to on, drive you crazy. Not really, because you yeah. know why? Because on Sundays. Dude was ready to play. Was he an offensive player? No, it's defense player. Okay. He was ready to play. You kind of made that point about Barry, that Barry was the only guy that No, Barry would work extra. Barry would condition extra and all that stuff. But you said Barry didn't I said wasn't he wasn't that I don't know I don't want to say this wrong, but there was something about Barry that it was like he, he no, said to you one time, it's football, Chris. Barry said yeah, Barry said Barry wasn't like insane about football, but regardless, he's the best running back to ever play yeah. just because he didn't but he had that ability. I had to do what I had to do, what worked for me. And it kind of goes back to how we started this topic or this conversation. Micah Parsons, I don't know. He's got to do what he's got to do that works for him. We, we may disagree with it, but you know what? He's, he's put himself in position to make that choice. He can make that choice, no he doubt. I don't happen choice. to agree with his choice, but he can make the choice. I don't no, agree. No, with, I, I couldn't make that choice. Yeah, because, no. I mean, I don't know if... And a lot of guys can't because a lot of guys are counting on their senior year because how many guys in their senior year who nobody heard of, a.k.a. Joe Burrow, who started last year as probably a fifth or sixth round draft pick, ends up being the number one pick overall. Yeah. Well, Micah Parsons is in that position where he's going to be a number one pick and he's making the decision. I just, as I said, I don't happen to agree with it, but I definitely agree with his right to make that decision. Uh, Reminder, speaking of, Maslin. Canton, Akron close by, AUI Info. Keep them close by. Small business people, you want to line up the best health insurance for your employees? You want to navigate the, word of the day, labyrinth of compliance issues? Sounds like a movie. In the state of Ohio? AUI Info, Chrissy, Steve, Julie, they will help you through it. 
and they're licensed to help any small business in the state of Ohio. So if you're in Cincinnati, if you're in Middletown, you're in Conneaut, uh, 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 wherever you are, click what? on What? Conneaut? Conneaut, way up in the northeast corner of the state. Oh. I'm trying to think of, you know, it's up there by where Urban's from. Uh, so auinfo.com, that's the web address. Click on it. Become a member of AUI University. They'll continually educate you with all the latest things, how much stuff is changing on the state level. This, that, the other. You know it is, but you don't have time to keep track of it. Chrissy does, and she will. She'll help you with it. A-U-I-Info.com. A-U-I-Info.com. All right, we have... Labyrinth. L-A-B-A-R-Y-N-T-H. Labyrinth. I don't think there's an A in labyrinth. I don't think. Uh, I'm not a speller. Okay. I'm a wordsmith, but I'm I'm not a speller. L-A-B-R-Y-N-T-H. Labyrinth. I think you missed an I in there. I don't think I did, but maybe I did. L- there it is. L-A-B-R-Y-R-I-N-T-H. Well, you pronounced it wrong. That's labyrinth, not labyrinth. You said labyrinth. I apologize. So the judge had a mispronunciation of the word. I threw you off. Mr. Wordsmith mispronounced the word. <laughs> I, guilty as charged. You write the word, and you know the meaning of the word, but you can't <laughs> pronounce the word. I'll right, have to look it up. Pronounce the winners. Pronounce the winners of COVID-19 relief. Our first winner is Dave Schantz for uh, Brian Ducharme. That came in on May the 22nd. Michelle Fall for her parents in Massillon. That came in on the uh, 16th of June. Wow. Uh, we also have uh, Jessica Strong. I believe Jessica is one of our uh, servers at the restaurant, the uh, first restaurant we got. And our other winner, this might be a repeat winner from a previous week, so I'm not going to announce the name, but I will double-check it. Double-check it. So, okay. there we go. Uh, okay. Let's get the Ryan Day, Jim Harbaugh stuff before we yeah, I love it. get by. Uh, kudos to Dave Biddle of Bucknuts. He was the first with this report. Dave's on it, man. Uh, job, bids Dave. all over it. You can uh, read bids on uh, Bucknuts 24-7. You can occasionally hear him on 97.1 The Fan. Uh, bids reported that on a coaches conference call of Big Ten football coaches, Jim Harbaugh of Michigan made an allegation that he saw a photo of Al Washington, his former linebackers coach, now at Ohio State, mm-hmm. coaching linebackers at Ohio State without a mask on. Uh, Harbaugh, you know, tattled on Ryan Day. Ryan Day responded exactly the way I would have responded. You coach your team, I'll coach my team. And <laughs> according to Dave Biddle's report, and uh, I believe this is 100% accurate because I checked with somebody yesterday who's close to Ryan Day, and they said, yep. I can confirm it because I heard this uh, last week. Okay. So Ryan Day told his team, uh, there better not be if if there, unless there's a mercy rule, we're going to put a hundred on him this year, because I think we all know they could have put more on him last year than they did. What did they put on him last year? Sixty nine, sixty. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Good for it, you, Ryan. And I mean that's that's I I have no problem with that because Jim Harbaugh should be coaching his own team. Well, Harbaugh on a Big Ten conference call, yeah, because of. We got to get this under control or we'll not play. Just And Harbaugh doesn't believe that crap. No, he doesn't. Harbaugh's doing that to dig at Ryan Day. Of course. Would he have said that about Jeff Brom? No, he would not. He would not have said that about no, him. No, but it's good for Ryan for sticking up Ryan to him. Ryan stuck up for himself, and then he told his team exactly what. Strap 100 know. on him. So the final score last year, 
Oh, it was I was wrong. It was fifty six to twenty seven. Only fifty six. Then it dropped sixty the other sixty two thirty nine the year before. <laughs> so they had sixty two the year before, but the margin wasn't as big as last year. The margin was twenty nine points. So I would say, you know, Harbaugh, October the twenty fourth. <laughs> you better strap it on. I wouldn't be doing anything to anger Ryan Day if I'm Jim Harbaugh. Uh, <clears throat> Ryan's uh, Don Brown's probably not happy about Jim Harbaugh angering Ryan Day. Uh, yeah, so, so Ryan's. I mean, uh, if Michigan could do something about it, uh, maybe you're. If you're Ryan Day, you don't necessarily want that to get out because you know, like when Ohio State scored fifty in nineteen sixty eight, that's given credit as the off season motivation for Michigan. Yeah, under first year coach Bo Schembechler upsetting Ohio State in nineteen sixty nine. But again, that Michigan team was equipped to do something about it. This Michigan team, by all accounts, is not equipped to do anything about it. The talent gap is enormous, and yeah. it's been demonstrated. And Don Brown's defense has been eviscerated by Ryan Day's offense. Yeah, Urban Meyer is head coach, and then Ryan Day is head coach. That's what so it is. let's get to. Uh, News since we last spoke on Wednesday that the Ohio State-Michigan game is October the 24th. Mm -hmm. uh, they build in all kinds of buffers, bye weeks and off weeks and stuff like that so that they can get the entire season in. Ohio State's last game uh, remains its toughest home game, in my opinion. It's now Iowa. I think yeah. Iowa's a tougher game than Michigan. I was always gives Ohio State problems going back to when I played yeah. and, of course, that embarrassing beatdown. Oh, 55 to... That Ohio State took, and uh, it seemed like under Urban there was always that one. Yeah, that's in my. I remember writing this when we were at the zone. That Iowa loss margin factors in, but I rated it the worst loss in Ohio State football history because Ohio State had just beaten Penn State, great comeback, had elevated themselves into the top five. They were on track to go to the playoff. They go to <laughs> Iowa. Iowa's undefeated, and it was a rout from the moment JT Barrett threw a pick six like two plays into the game. Yeah, it wasn't even close. No, I it wasn't. What, I mean, and we just, they just didn't. Ohio State didn't cover tight end all day, and uh, Iowa did whatever it wanted. And so that was, to me, was worse, more inexplainable than any other loss that I've yeah. ever seen uh, in Ohio State history. I'd rank the Rose Bowl loss to UCLA. Uh, probably number two. So we got uh, Ohio State's new game from the West is Purdue. Uh, they did they did everything they could. Uh, I, I yesterday said this was Max Protect on the Big Ten offices part because here are the you know the good teams in the Big Ten. I don't know what that is. What is it? They're protecting their potential. No, what's the other thing you were talking about? You did this yesterday. I oh, on the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast. Yeah. I see your nefarious attempt to undermine that podcast by calling me in the middle I'm, of the broadcast. I'm surprised that you recognize my ominous yes. presence I did when have, I called. I did have my phone <laughs> muted. I almost took your call live You always have your phone muted. I do always have my phone muted. That's a bad thing when I lose it. But here are the Big Ten teams that we think have a, you know, if you were going to like throw a blanket over the teams that could possibly win the Big Ten, Penn State would be one of them. They added Illinois, okay? Wisconsin would be one of them. They added Rutgers. Is Rutgers playing? I don't know. Iowa, I mean, theoretically, that's a stretch. Iowa added Maryland. And Ohio State added Purdue. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Michigan, which is already playing Minnesota and Wisconsin, neither of which Ohio State plays, 
Michigan added Northwestern, which Northwestern's not a pushover, particularly for Michigan, but you know, you they couldn't know. have given they couldn't have given Michigan Minnesota or Wisconsin because they were already playing them. Right. I was looking for Ohio State to get Minnesota or Wisconsin. Why but wouldn't if they add those? I mean, I, well, wonder, I, I wonder what the formula was in that doing the, that. The only thought I had was that they didn't want to um, ruin their championship game. You know, if you put Ohio State against Minnesota or Wisconsin and they drill them, then the buzz for yeah. your championship game is not really so what it could be. So basically the Big Ten kept any what they deemed potential West winners off keep, of Ohio State. Keep State's them off schedule. Ohio State's schedule yeah. and off Penn State's schedule. You know, if you can. Yeah. Some of them, I'm sure. Minnesota already plays Penn State. I think it's the second week of the season. The only rivalry game in the conference that remains the final week of the season is Indiana-Purdue. Really? So they did keep one, but like Northwestern Illinois is not in the middle of the year. Minnesota, Iowa is not. Wisconsin, Minnesota is not. Uh, Penn State, Michigan State's not. Ohio State, Michigan is not. So, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't mind it. I don't I, mind. It. I don't mind it either. I, I, I mean, it is what it is. You know, I'm just happy with the fact that you have football. I mean, you have to again. It's it's life lessons, right? You either accept change or change will pass you by because yeah. it's coming. You know, uh, I I do think there's some news. Uh, I don't know if you're interested in this on FCS. I got it on very good information. Sure. Uh, I think of it as Division One AA, but yeah. it's officially okay. FCS. Football Championship mm-hmm. Series. D2 and D3 canceled their fall sports championships. Just the championships, not the season. I think so, yeah. Well, oh, D3 canceled their seasons. D3 canceled their seasons. utterly ridiculous and dumb and dumb. Stupid, stupid and an overreaction. Uh, D NAIA is NAIA is playing seasons restricted, and their championships are going to be in the spring. Okay, so like if you're an NAIA soccer program, you're playing soccer probably against your league teams only, but then your championships will be in the spring. So you have a tournament in the spring. Tournament. You'll have your national tournament in the spring. Okay. You'll have your league tournament in the fall. So I don't know if just like in the spring you get. I don't know if you play another small regular season or if you win your league in the fall, you yeah, play in spring. I don't know, but they're playing NAI. But I back give, to yeah, FCS. Kudos to those folks for, for getting creative. Yeah, innovation, to, right. Shut it down. Shut everything down. God, sh- we can't do this. We're putting kids at risk. We're putting professors or writing their obituaries that oh are sure to come true. These New York doctors that, uh, or New York teachers that picketed yesterday. That's just what, even, I would, I would teachers too. What picketed with coffins? Yeah, yeah. And guillotines. Nice job. And guillotines. Nice, nice job. Yeah, stupid. I just, I mean, that's, but people that are honest don't take that seriously. Like, seriously, they don't. I mean, what are you doing? I mean, what are you doing? That's embarrassing. Uh, FCS, mm-hmm. uh, an FCS school here in Ohio, state of Ohio, I heard this. They're going to play three non-conference games this fall. Okay. So maybe they have a Division One opponent mm-hmm. or FBS opponent, whatever. If okay. that opponent will play them. If, yeah. Well, they're, maybe opponents are looking. Maybe they will. I don't know. Maybe they Some just, schools are playing. They want to go games. get three games. Then they're going to play starting... In winter, they're going to play, starting probably in end of January, they're going to play the rest of their league games, then have their championship or FCS uh, playoff with a playoff game on March 13th. 
from my understanding. Will that get? Let's assume That's the D, let's assume the D one schedule goes off as planned. I'm thinking That's smart. They, they might get some TV run out of yeah, it. Yeah, the ESPN will put it on because ESPN puts the one uh, double A champ or playoffs on. So they'll maybe they'll put their regular season games on. I think it's smart. I think it's it's a way to get around this uh, oppression of sports that is possible. Yeah, and I agree. I, I, why not do it? Why and not? you got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Yeah, that's good. That's I, I think this is a time I want to see, and we'll get into this in future podcasts. I think this is a time where you shouldn't look at this as how do we survive it. You should look at this as how do we thrive in it. How can we thrive and what can we learn and what can we innovate that we can take forward? I advocate, and we'll talk about this next week. I loved the buzz of the release of the Big Ten schedule. Yeah, I saw your article on that. Well why done. don't you why don't you do that in May every year? Like you can you can schedule your non conference games, but just say on May fifteenth or May first of every year we're gonna release the Big Ten schedule for that coming fall. You got plenty of time to book your travel. You got, so we'll talk about that. But that's one of the innovations that I would propose. Well, if you if they were smart, they would follow the NFL lead because the NFL knows how to win the offseason. Yeah, man, that's like a big deal when the NFL schedule comes out. <laughs> they know. Just make everything news. That's what the NFL does. Everything. They make everything news. They do. Uh, okay, Spiels is sporting the Hemisphere Coffee Roasters t-shirt today. Did you get a new t-shirt when you went away? No. I think you did. I'm a little jealous. No, no I didn't. Because I think the original we were given was green. So how did you show up with a black one? They gave one? me more than one. Oh. That's because correct. it's they a did. bigger show a bigger when show. I'm here. That is true. It is true. Uh, Mr. Spielman. Yes, is, but it's bigger when I'm here. It's a big show, but it's a bigger <laughs> show when he's here. As he once told me, he speaks the truth. So do we when we talk about Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee. It's the truth. And you can get it by going to HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Use the promo code we tackle life in all caps to get 15% off. It's the coffee spiel starts his day with, works out with. Yeah. Macy's taking it to Bowling Green. Had four of them yesterday. Had two this morning already. I got a 22-mile bike ride today. To uh, Already? No, I'm going to get it when oh, I get home. Oh, ahead of you. Okay. Yeah, that'll Ow. get me to 4720. By the end of the day, you're like by the weekend crushing the six. No, I'm going back. To, oh, I'm, I'm halfway back from California. You are. You're past the Rockies on your way back. <laughs> thanks to Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, exactly. powered by Hemisphere Light, Medium, Dark Roast, sourced direct from growers in Thailand, Indonesia, Ethiopia, Ecuador. You name it, they'll give you the best coffee from around the world. Paul, very discerning buyer and quite the barista. Yes. Details. Those guys are, are detail-oriented. And if you get a chance, drive out to Mechanicsburg. Plan on taking a whole day to get out there, but... <laughs> what, do you go by horse and buggy? <laughs> <laughs> the whole day. It's 20 minutes from Plain City. 20 well, minutes. Again, well, then you got to get to Plain... That's a whole day to you. You got to get to Plain City. Yeah. As, as they, they, they love the word hinterlands. They do. And I said, this is the hinter hinterlands. It is. But it, it's pretty cool if you go see, because they have a, like an open garage where you can watch them do their mm -hmm. work, which is the attention to detail is, is fun for me to watch. And so they all do a great job out there. So do. don't forget the chocolate, too. It's uh, some of it. Uh, the allulose chocolate is keto friendly, non GMO, uh, no sugar. It's amazing. So yeah, hemisphericoffeeroasters.com promo code. In all caps, we tackle life. Another email, Mr. Spielman. But can I give one other thank yeah. you? Mm -hmm. uh, because we had the four drawings, yeah. and you know, those money was raised from selling the 
the gear, but also wouldn't be possible without folks like Volunteer Energy, without uh, Buyer's Mazda Subaru, without Spielman CBD, all that stuff. Everything uh, that I make off the air, uh, that's where all the charitable givings and tithing that I do goes to. So without those folks, that also wouldn't be possible. And check out Volunteer Energy or check out the CBD. I just had somebody uh, rave about it the other day. Magic Johnson's now doing CBD. Yeah, I mean, so... so hey, man, you're... And an, ours, uh, as you know, is independently verified. It is. You, they you, have their own growers, yeah. nine growers throughout the nation. They they police the seeds and the brands, and they it's, it's all medical... It's not like, you know, there are some head shops where you can buy the stuff. Right. You're not, you get what you pay for with CBD. And that's not to indicate that your CBD is really expensive. It's just that it's the legit stuff. Well, one of the ways you know it's legit, it has the QR code on it. I see this little, uh, this you. little like black square thing. Yeah. You know, you hold that up to your phone. I don't understand what it is, but I know that most CBD you buy does not have that because what do you get when you look at that? You get the chemical report. Yeah. on what's in it, which you won't find with most CBD. So that tells you that the medical part of this is is uh, of highest value to the people who make it. CBD Health Collections, SpielmanCBD.com. Okay, go ahead now. Thank you. Um, I got to say. An email. Uh, well, before I get to the email, we have two sports stories. Number one, oh, yeah. the Indians get the coveted Battle of Ohio, or what do they call it? Ohio Cup. <laughs> 13 to nothing over <laughs> the Reds last night. The Indians. The Indians score. To- the Indians scored more runs in the seventh inning, 10, than they had scored in any game so far this year. They can't hit at all, but they managed to win three out of four from the Reds. And the Blue Jackets last night, yeah, down 3 nothing to the Toronto Maple Leafs, come back and win the game on a Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, goal in overtime. Uh, this is how it sounded... Um, if Jeff Rimmer were bilingual. Il tente le tir, il s'est fait enlever la rondelle. Bexier va s'avancer, la passe à Dubois qui s'échappe. Dubois lance, goal! Dubois, 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 tour du chapeau. I don't know. Game? I don't know French, but I know chapeau. So that's uh, that's uh, hat trick for Pierre Luc Dubois. No, this is how it sounded with uh, Jeff Rimmer. Good, Jody Shelley on Fox Sports Ohio. VV. Tavares trying to fire a shot is blocked. Texier out here for Dubois behind the defense. Backhand and scores. The Blue Jackets win it overtime. There you go, Rims. Completes a hat trick. There you go. I shouldn't, I, I'm not going to, no longer will I make fun of anything French because they actually saved our Rennes in the Revolutionary War. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. All of a sudden, our uh, recording levels went through the roof here. I don't know what happened to our recording levels, Mr. Oh, there, there it is. Let me, let me dial that back. Okay. There we go. Sorry if we're blasting your ears out there. Did you say? Second. Did you hear my point about? Yeah, the French, the French bailed did... us out in World War Two. No, in the Revolution. In the Revolutionary War. Yeah, they did bail us out in the Revolutionary yes, War. So, yeah. God bless the French. Yeah. Lafayette, we are here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Okay. Uh, now to the email, and then to the faith portion of the podcast. This comes from uh, Ryan in Austin, Texas. He says via Plain City. Wow. Uh, Bruce and Spiels, I've been listening since your podcast started. Great stuff, as always, but especially lately. I currently reside in Austin, Texas. Born and raised, third or fourth generation in Plain City. Jonathan Alder, class of 92. 
I happen to be from a black family that's been in Plain City a very long time. My grandfather was a World War II veteran. My dad is retired Air National Guard. I wonder if our friend uh, Brett knows him. Mm -hmm. Brett's big in the Air National Guard. And get this, Spiels. I am a West Point graduate. Wow. Ryan, that is big time, brother. That is amazing. It's an amazing accomplishment. Uh, I'm a Absolutely. West Point graduate with some opinions about current events. I heard Spiels talk about sports as a part of a whole education, imparting crucial life lessons. It is for that reason that sports are a mandatory part of the curriculum at all of our service academies. He's very right. They all have to do intramurals. And General Douglas MacArthur, West Point class of 1903, summed it up best. I shall return. Quote, upon the fields of friendly strife are sown the seeds that upon other fields on other days will bear the fruits of victory. So understated. And so anybody that keeps writing in in all these uh, news reports and Twitter feeds I read that who cares about sports? Sports are an integral part of everybody's education. It's where you learn life lessons that cannot be taught in a classroom. And only those of us in the arena whose face was marred by dust and blood, there you go. at the very least... <laughs> If we failed, we failed while daring greatly, never being amongst those cold, timid souls, teachers walking with uh, coffins and writing obituaries that don't know the difference between victory or defeat. Mm. Uh, Ryan also uh, shares with us a Facebook post that he wrote uh, related to race relations in the U.S., and I'm going to read that. It's very lengthy, too lengthy for the podcast at this point in the podcast, but I'm going to read that, and we'll get back to that. Uh, next week, as I'm sure it is uh, very eloquent and very well done. And Ryan, dude, West Point graduate, that is like, I can't even state my admiration yeah. for you. Yeah. Uh, the discipline that it takes to go through that. I, the discipline I and dedication and the accomplishment of getting admitted yeah. to the military academy. Uh, that is really something. So kudos to you on that. All right, to the faith portion of the podcast. And I shared with Chris something yesterday. We talked about it earlier in the uh, podcast that was uh, posted by a friend of mine on Twitter yesterday. Many of you, I'm sure, have already seen it. Uh, it was sent to me again last night by a friend. And so, do you want me to just read from it, uh, some of it? Yeah. I just want, because I, I, I sent you, I pulled yeah. a part out of it that directly affected me. Yeah. This is from uh, an author by the name of Alan Schlemmen. Uh, and so, I'll just share it with you here, uh, parts of it. He says, I'm going to tell you something that will explain what you're likely feeling about this turbulent year. No doubt you've witnessed a series of tragic events unfold before your eyes. You've also probably felt an inordinate pressure to say the right thing about each of them. <laughs> like you, I've been hesitant to comment for fear I'll be blasted by someone who sees things differently. It's been frustrating and fatiguing to say the least. And I believe this comment by a Texas pastor explains the reason why we feel this way. Here is what he wrote. Could it be that God didn't wire us to carry every event taking place in every part of the world at every moment as if it were ours? Could it be that technology has produced a faux omniscience and omnipresence yep. that is hurting mankind and not helping it? Uh, just for clarity, omniscience is all-powerful. Mm -hmm. Om omnipresence is everywhere at once. See everything at once. Those are qualities of God. They are not qualities of man. Uh, back to this gentleman's um, blog. 
This, the fact that we're not omniscient, not omnipresent, is an important assessment. Through the internet and social media, technology has given us ringside seats to every event, tragedy, and evil act that happens in any part of the planet. That's not something we were created to handle. It's made possible, though, because of the internet. Though technology often helps us, it also creates two problems that hurt our soul. Faux omnipresence and faux omniscience. Up until the last fraction of human existence, we've only had to carry events that directly affect us, directly affect our family, our friends, and our local community. But today, with the internet and social media, we can witness every evil event. If we miss it, a recording is readily replayed online. <sighs> the carnage is funneled through our eyes and embedded in our souls. That's right. Man, is this dude on it. What we witness can be in the next town, the next state, or on the other side of the planet. No matter where it happens, we see it. It's like we're everywhere. But it's a faux omnipresence. We're not actually there, but we're made to experience these events like we were. We soak them in, and we feel the pain that others feel, albeit to a lesser degree. We scroll through our news feed and witness another tragedy, then another. In a matter of minutes, we've watched multiple evil events. It's overwhelming. God, who is omnipresent, can handle all that evil, pain, and tragedy. He's capable. He has the emotional and psychological bandwidth to witness his creation repeatedly commit evil and not become overwhelmed. Finite humans, though, are not God. We don't have the capacity to handle inordinate amounts of evil. This faux omnipresence hurts us. Our faux omnipresence leads to a faux omniscience. We think we're present at these tragedies, so we're tricked into thinking we understand what happened. We saw it online, after all. It was in high definition. <laughs> because we, quote-unquote, witness these events, we're expected to know the truth about what happened, make an immediate evaluation, and then say the right thing about it. Finite truth, man. So truth. Finite humans cannot be perfectly accurate. Even still, we comment, post, and emote. We argue and then divide. Our online debating adds another layer of stress. All this happens after a single tragedy. There's more, though. Another horrific event is around the corner. <laughs> yeah. We repeat the cycle, and the stress builds. So... <clears throat> I think I pointed out to you on this podcast, and it was proven again to me last night because I listened to a speech. Those of you that don't know, I'm uh, really big into history, and I, I look at people, it doesn't matter whatever their political background is. So I was listening to a speech by Bobby Kennedy mm -hmm. before Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. Mm -hmm. You could have taken that speech about being divided and all that stuff and put it and it would apply to today. So I remember, know. I think I remember I told you, look, this stuff happens. Mm -hmm. It's not unprecedented. Mm -mm. And we get through it, you know, and I, I get that well, we're more divided than ever, all that stuff. But that, all that, I, I do think, you know, we were pretty divided <laughs> throughout we were our- Very divided. We fought a civil war over division. Uh, we were divided in the American Revolution where between, uh, uh, those loyalists and uh, revolutionaries. We were divided there. 
So you just got to keep moving forward. Now, everything that makes so much sense, and it's so it's so common sense, and it's one of those things. Well, of course, and that's why I hope that article actually gave me peace. But something there's a there was a little bit of a cutout in there that I you didn't read, but uh, I sent it to you. Do, mm-hmm. do you remember? Did you read what I, I sent do. to you? Yes, I did. And it uh, says this. Many servants of God are made to feel their weakness in another way by an oppressive sense of responsibility. Do not take an exaggerated view of what the Lord expects of you. He will not blame you for not doing which is beyond your mental or physical strength. We are not the Father, nor the Savior, nor the Comforter of the Church. We cannot take the responsibility of the universe upon our shoulders. And I think people, and myself included, uh, overestimate what our responsibilities are. Agreed. And, and I'm not saying that. That doesn't mean not take responsibility or not do anything. Not be compassionate or right. all those things. And, yeah. or, 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 or take action. Yeah. But so often, um, <clears throat> I am results-driven. And if I don't see... And it goes to his article, immediate results. Mm-hmm. Or if I don't see, why is why are not people listening to what I'm saying? Because it makes so much sense. It's mm-hmm. so much common sense. And I get frustrated. I mean, frustrated has been a word that I've been using since March around here. And I get very frustrated when month after month after month after month after month, when five months mm-hmm. go by, mm-hmm. and nobody is seeing common sense everybody is acting like this is unprecedented when it's not if you look at history right it's not now it's different but it's not unprecedented and when you get so angry and frustrated and the more you fight the more uh worthless you feel that your contribution is making it's very frustrating then that frustration seeps into your role as a husband, your role as a father, your role as a friend, your role as a leader. And so this really punched me in the face and saying, look, I'm going to do what I can do, but I got to stop thinking that, you know, I'm, I'm God. And that's, I was humbled in, um, I got to start thinking to myself that it is not my place. Uh, I don't have what God has. I don't have that ability <clears throat> to love <clears throat> like God has. The ability to be patient with sinners like God has. The ability to forgive like God has. I uh, know why I fall short. And once again, this article and what I just read points out to me of why I fall short because I can't change the world alone. God's got it. And, you know, I'm very good at saying that. Very good. Number one cheerleader for that. But I fall short of putting that into practice. Yeah, and I think, okay, so if people are listening to this and they say, okay, so what does this guy recommend? What he recommends is what we have said before that helps us, which is he says, Make an effort, make a purposeful effort to unplug from that 
wired in, know everything, get off social media I at have. times. I, I have become a healthier mental person by not obsessing over, <laughs> what do they say to back on Twitter? Like you tweet something and then you go, and you're looking at Twitter and you're like, oh, I got 10 responses to that. Oh, what are they? I don't do that anymore. Yeah. I may go check and scan them, but I don't read every one. And I don't mean that to be unresponsive to people. I appreciate that you follow me. I appreciate that you tweet back. But if you want to, in 280 characters, you probably can't say everything you want to say. Our email address is out there, SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. If you really want to have a conversation, let's make it a detailed conversation. I'll engage with you on email. So the other thing that I felt when I read this was, I think why we get so obsessed with world events and here's my opinion on it, here's what I think, is because we've lost sight of how different, as you said, God is from us. Yeah, he does I have did. He does have the capacity to forgive things that I just I don't really struggle to. He has the capacity to love. He has the capacity to love me. If somebody did to me what I did to God over a period of decades, <laughs> done. D U N, yeah, as D-U-N. Tom Brenneman would say. But he has the capacity to love me and and anyone in spite of what they've done. We forget God is so holy. His glory is so majestic. His power is so incomprehensible that we are unable to even gaze upon him. That is clear throughout the Bible. We we are nothing compared to him. We have no concept. I don't think our minds can grasp how big amazing he is but the but the beauty of that is that a verse chris shared the other day god applies all those <laughs> incomprehensible traits to us and the verse he shared was no eye has seen no ear has heard no mind can conceive what God has in store for those who love him. He takes all those things, his majesty, his glory, his power, his omnipresence, and he applies them to us. He can listen to the the deepest longings of Chris's heart and the deepest longings of Bruce's heart at the exact same time. We can't do that. You know, the old joke where somebody's talking, you're trying to count money, and somebody, you know, starts reciting fake and phony numbers to you. Well, you're, you're lost. God hears the deepest longings of our heart and, and applies his, his power to each and every situation of each and every worshiper of him simultaneously. Just comprehend that. We can't, but do your best to comprehend it, and it'll get a sense of who God is and who we are. So, you know the uh, part I read? It's the epitome of grace. We always talk about we need to show grace to yeah. everybody. You need to show grace to yourself. That is probably the last thing in the world that I do because I beat myself up all the time. That's a satanic attack because just ask yourself, wait a minute, if God can love me and it's clear he does, he sent his son to die for you and redeem you, he wants to fellowship with you. He wants to spend eternity with you. If God can love you, why can't you love you? Yeah. And it's and, and like I don't question my faith, but I question 
am I good enough? I mean, it's human instinct to question, are you good enough? And especially if you're... No, the answer is. No. And he is. Jesus was. No, but are you worthy? Yes, Yes, you are worthy. Absolutely. I guess would be a better way, not good enough. Are you worthy, right? And so sometimes I say, no, I'm not, because I keep falling short. I keep not, I'm not doing enough. Thankfully, that's not the standard. No. Good enough is not the standard, thankfully. And that's why I underline at this point, do not take an exaggerated view of what the Lord expects of you. He will not blame you for not doing which is beyond your mental power or your physical strength. Yeah, so that's really good, and we will post that. We will post that on Twitter. We'll post that on our Facebook page. Um, It 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 helped me to uh, to contemplate that and the complexity of life. And um, yeah, it's and and the other thing that helped me was just I'm sitting here listening to this Bobby Kennedy speech, and I'm saying, just plug him in to today, today, and it will apply. We we have been here before. Yeah, yeah. So. we hope you all have a great week. Uh, please nominate someone for COVID-19 relief. Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we will talk to you again on Monday here on the We Tackle Life podcast. You can follow us on uh, Twitter at We Tackle, Facebook, Spielman and Hooley. Uh, God bless. Talk to you soon.